Well, we we'll, we at some point do want to hear the lyrics to that. It's the fault of all these like new agey songs that the lyrics don't start till too right. late. It was just an ordinary day in Manchester. Ian Brady and Myra Hindley drinking German wine. Their mother had gone to bed upstairs. She slept very well. They used to give her three seconds off every night. Myra Hindley. Very, very friendly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hate this. The Avanti uh, Scott podcast. Um, so that song is called Very Friendly by Throbbing Gristle. Uh, uh, Worst English, band name ever. Actually, best band name. Thro- throbbing oh God, gris- Gristle. No. Man, it, they would be the best band if you could work in a WH at the beginning, like, with Throbbing Crystal. <laughs> yeah. um, so they actually invented industrial music. They, Much as we describe ourselves as the avant-gardist podcast, they said industrial music for industrial people. Like so, those living in Manchester? Yeah, or, you know, the the English industrial wasteland of the 1970s. Um, so they're, they're a band of musicians that travel around industries. Um, In- I, industries? yeah, no, I'm a big, like a big, coal, f- yeah, very much natural so. Natural gas. Yeah. Um, plastics. Yeah, no, I've, I've been into them for a while when I, when I was a kid. <laughs> before and I, they were cool. No, uh, I don't know if they were ever cool. <laughs> also before they, <laughs> well, I just, they're in the 70s. I'm just imagining you being like, yeah, I wasn't even born, but I was like way into it. Well, yeah. Um, no, but they, they take on subject, taboo subject matter, like serial killers, or in this case, Myra Hindley and Ian Brady, um, who were child murderers in England. Um, and the subject of a painting in the uh, sensation show in England. Sensation, 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 sensation. Um, so that's why we're playing that music there, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Sensation, sensation, sensation. Uh, I feel like echoes are like a really 90s thing. Um. I just want to make, because I realized that I didn't look up the name of the artist <laughs> who made the painting. Way to go. Well, because, no, you know, I was like, eh. So, Sensation. Um, yeah, let's let's start there. Well, so on no, our last well, episode. Do we want to talk uh, about miscellaneous news first? Yes. Miscellaneous you, news. Um, you talk about that while I look up who made the painting I'm talking <laughs> <Great>. about. <laughs> so, I first want to talk about. Uh, Playboy magazine, which everyone's been talking about because of that. That they're turning into Maxim? <sighs> yeah, they're trying to turn into Maxim, but it goes way worse. <laughs> it's way worse than just that. 
Um, as you may have seen on the cover of the New York Times last Tuesday, they are no longer going to have nudes in Playboy. Boo. <laughs> yeah, boo indeed. Well, um, you know, they were never that great because they never showed beef curtains. <laughs> Throbbing gristle. I, oh. I started a God. side project. He stunned they, me into silence for a second there. <laughs> After they, uh, they went on tour with the American band. <laughs> Uh, have you, have you heard the of the worst. phrase? So apparently, did you hear that Morrissey came out with a novel that everyone's talking about is awful, but in it, he describes an erection as a bulbous salutation? Yeah, I did hear that. I heard that on International Waters. Oh, okay. That's where I heard it, too. So that's... Sister podcast. Pod, sister podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, so I Our got partners a text. In news. <laughs> I got a text from my dad reading, Playboy magazine will no longer publish nude pictures of women. Plans to have more art to appeal to millennials. See today's New York Times. Your dad wrote that? <laughs> yeah. And or then did, he was like, quote, he quoted the article for me. The magazine will feature visual artists because, according to research, younger people are drawn to art. <laughs> Are they drawn to art? Get it? Oh, but it just made me so like, uh, because I mean, like that's what Playboy was in ye olden times. It was supposed to be like, what Classy. kind? Of, what kind of man reads Playboy? Right. I actually well, have a picture, be... and I'll share it on Instagram of like a scene from Playboy with like this Playboy playboy uh in like this art gallery opening with all these like beautiful women being drawn to him because he was like the kind of guy that reads playboy he liked fine art that was abstract but like who, what kind of research was like millennials like art so we should put more art in it like none millennials like art none none there's there's different kind of liking art there's uh there's like art art which is what this podcast is about which is why no one listens to it and then there's the art that millennials like which is like work of art or bansky banksky <laughs> banksy uh you know they like they like street art like he's like a band that they their instruments are on the keys you guys know millennials yeah. know piano key ties family ties um you know they like uh, they like everything that Urban Outfitters yeah is, like that is book presenting that to you, them but like, then they're like, like that book that you were in but then they're that like sold in Urban Outfitters hey fuck you <laughs> where's your book at Urban Outfitters you know what I'm working on it. oh you only have an art monograph at Forever Twenty One <laughs> no they like the let me tell you millennials out there what you like you like everything at Urban Outfitters but then you're like huh, Urban Outfitters they're such Corporate, corporate, trite (laughs) bullshit. They only give us all the things we want. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, who is that that's saying, uh, is that Bauhaus? All we ever wanted was everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My friend showed me this band of, like, gay guys, and it's called Both House. (laughs) Oh, nice. It was pretty good. Um, I do... I knew on everything, and I'm a millennial. I don't know how I feel about no nudity in Playboy, though, because I, like, that's why I started using Playboy magazines, because I wanted a lot of, like, flesh things for well, when I was in re- collage class, and then I found a bunch of Playboys, and I was like, hey, those have flesh in them. But will they now? Will they? I'm sure that they will. <laughs> They'll still be scantily clad like Maxim, like you said. 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, the old stuff's good because I had Bush, but now everyone's shaving and it makes everyone think that they're prepubescent. Mm-hmm. We're talking about art. Art. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> turn, turn down the podcast. So anyway. Turn down for what? <laughs> um, so you, that's the miscellaneous that Playboys, had... Playboys go in tasteful. Maybe they'll bring back Bush. Like the president? Oh, oh right. <laughs> He's yeah. so in again. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, because well, they were also they were like, oh, it's uh, you can get you can get real nudes on the internet for free. Right. Um, but they were always. I mean, anyone who's into porn <laughs> knows that it's not that pornographic because they would. Well, no, it's not. Except that, like, okay, I have a bunch of uh, playboys from like the Czech Republic. In mm. like Slovenia, in, Czech, in Soviet Czech Republic, Playboy fucks you. Well, they're the only new Playboys I had seen because the only ones I had seen were from like mm-hmm. the '60s, '70s, and '80s. So like the, the new ones age. are tr- indeed the new ones are trying to be like like they're trying to compete with that. Like they all have like women making out and stuff. And I was like, what? Like they're all touching each other, and I'm like, you're not allowed to touch each other. It's this Playboy. Yeah, it's just supposed to be like pinup pictures, and well, that really was how, like not good to me. How it Playboy made the phrase Playboy like the grandfather of being a bro, because at the <laughs> time it was classy because he was originally going to call it Stag Party. Ew. And they're like, like they never would have succeeded if he called it Stag Party. No. They called it Playboy. Um, but you know, if you've watched the nineteen sixties Batman, they're always like. Rich millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. So, like, that was a classy term, but now they've turned it into like a gross term. uh, Well, I did like guy who lives in a dorm room at a state college and looks at Playboy. (laughs) Like, I did like um, the wait, I just was thinking about that like game, um, like the clapping game that we'd play on the playground where it'd be like. Um, you are. Let it. me show you not my because you're pretty, Not because you're ugly, just because you kissed the boy behind the dirty Playboy magazine. It was uh, like a like a eeny meeny miny mo oh, yeah. kind of thing. And we would like I don't even know how old we were. We were probably like seven. When we would what a, what a high concept thing. Disturbing. Who is this boy? This boy behind the Playboy magazine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like so if you're if you're grading intensity of pornography, you have. Uh, well, at the, the very soft end, you have Maxim in those where. Well, that's you, what you the have... article was saying was that Penthouse went hardcore and never recovered, which is totally accurate because Penthouse used to be like Playboy, but now it is mm-hmm. disgusting. Um, but yeah, then you have then you have the other end, which is like Sports Illustrated and like Ugh. this year where they're like, which was that was concept was invented by a woman. I just want to say. Yeah, well, um, because she was like, women can be anti-feminist too. That's what they don't tell you. Women right. can do anything, including, including being misogynist. Yeah, including hold back <laughs> other women. Yeah. Um, but the, I like, and it's weird how when it's not full nudity, how it like immediately makes me a prude, because they had the like girl that was on the cover of this year's Sports Illustrated swimsuit magazine. Which the only reason why they do that is it's the issue after the Super Bowl when it's the complete dead time for sports. That's why. Right. They're like, well, let's just put women in bikinis. 
because they because it's cold out. They want to think about wearing yeah. a bikini. Yeah, you want to think about summer. You want to think about. <laughs> no, but I'm just imagining having to put on a bikini in February, and it would just be like the most miserable experience. Well, they don't actually. I shoot. know. They usually go to somewhere warm, <laughs> like St. Martin's. Um, but they uh, they show they have a huge image of it, and then it's also like, what you're ba- you're like a lazy porn starlet because you got naked like to be objectified but like you're you're like legitimately objectified on sports illustrated you're not in pornography so they bring her out on the tonight show and they have this like huge projection of the cover so it's like her well i'm trying to think of which dirty word to use how about minge because we're going to be talking about english art today oh god um and it's just like as literally as close to the action, you know, like she's pulling off her swimsuit. Right. And it's the cover. And they're like, so on the one hand, Playboy's like, well, the nudity is like kind of holding us back. And the other one, Sports Illustrated's like, all right, well, we're trying to read the app. Clothes are holding us back. Yeah. We're like trying to reach the absolute zero of, of showing genitals. So like, <laughs> you know, like each time they make a big step towards having like showing actual labia in the Sports Illustrated, but they're like, okay, so now we can do a millimeter. And then the next year it's like, a fraction of a millimeter and they're always like getting closer and closer and closer. I just was, you know, cause you were saying British, I could think of like a lot of British euphemisms. Like twat. Fanny. Fanny. Uh, gusset. Oh. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. I thought on. a gusset was a part of the, the pants or something. It's the, you know. The crotch. Yeah. Um, There's not a word for it in American English, which I actually think is pretty inventive. Um, so anyway, uh, you had a correction from last week, right? Oh, right. Were we done about the sports illustration? I was done. <laughs> you brought it up. Okay? I you brought it up. Kind of did. You totally did. You're like, hey, Playboy. No, like, I brought. No, I didn't bring up Sports Illustrated. Though. Right, but I was just saying that it's interesting how yes. one's going in one direction, one's going in the other, yeah. and we're all going in Swan direction. <laughs> Look it up on an earlier episode. Um, uh, yeah, so in the last episode, I talked a lot about this guy, Mark Lecky, who is, I'm right, he's British. I'm not sure which part of Britain. Uh, probably not Northern Ireland, because I don't know if that counts as Britain. No, that's not the UK. If you're English, explain your country to us. <laughs> uh, I know if you're Scottish, you're not English or Irish or Welsh. But what's British? <laughs> who we can say anymore? <laughs> Um, the sun I, never sets on the British Empire. Except it always does now. <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I said Mark Leckie. I don't know where I got that guy's name. He is a real artist. Like I said, he li- he's from the British part of the world. <laughs> it's it's, All of it's it. nestled between the gusset and the twat. Uh... <laughs> he's a real wanker. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. You don't know that. No, I don't know. I was just thinking that, you know, um, what it looks like he's known for currently is making a giant balloon inflatable of Felix the cat. So I totally support that. <laughs> um, but when I looked up his work online, I was like, okay, I don't recognize any of this work. So I don't even know why I know the name. The artist I meant to refer to last time is Michael Landy. Who did the um, piece breakdown breakdown. Where he took all of his worldly possessions and broke them down. Yep, and destroyed them, including artwork by other YBA artists, at which point we discovered we need to cover the young British artists. Yeah, even though we don't understand Britain. Or art. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you said you read up a little bit on this book that had a paragraph on it, which I also find shocking, but also not surprising because it's written by the history faculty at one Ivy League uh, U.S. institution, and so they would perhaps be biased. Yeah, this is, you know, the book. We've talked about this book before, Art Since 1900. This is the second uh, volume, 1945 to the present. Um, the present being, let's see what year this was published. Um, probably like 2011, because that's 2004. Whoa. So that's a long time ago. That was 11 years ago. Yeah, this book was mired in the uh, Iraq quagmire. So not present, but... Um, Let's see. Which is the hugest problem of contemporary art. It just keeps happening. Yeah. What is with that? We're not done even figuring out this art. Well, anyway, so yeah, there's only like one paragraph about the young British artists, but I actually did like um, this one sentence, um, or I guess two. Let's see. Um... Because it's talking about sort of like the difference between Coons and Damien Hirst. Um, and it says, the outraged opponents of these artists played right into their hands, for together they produced a packaged simulacrum of artistic provocation. thought that was kind of a good quote. And that's all it has to say about British art from the 1990s? Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much. Hmm. That's uh, okay. So this is listening to Nina Reed with "I Don't Hate This." <laughs> um, so, so In yeah. The photography when I was... section. They talk about um, uh, what's her name, Sam um, Rockwell. No, um, you know the one Sam, Sam Taylor, Taylor Wood. Wood. If yeah, she could. Sam Taylor Wood. And she I directed that Elton John video starring Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> she did. I when I was in college I had she was in a photography book that I had and I really liked the pictures that were in there but now mm -mm. yeah <laughs> no she did I have I mean she directed 50 shades of gray Sam Taylor Wood did yeah what you didn't know that no now I've yeah. got to go see it oh no please don't it's going to be like jacking off to a Playboy. It'll be so vanilla. No, I tried to watch it. And it I tried to watch it for the salacious details, and it was just like so unsexy that I couldn't even watch it for for joke. Wow. I just want to listen to, to people. like I like a lot of the comedians that have talked about the experience of watching it or being in the movie theater, and then there's like a retired ladies book club that went to go <sighs> see it, and they're like, we're having our ladies Sunday afternoon out, and then we're going to drink wine and talk about the film. I mean, there, there was like, uh, I think it was a uh, Amy Schumer. Um, no, it's not Amy Schumer. Error. No, I think it was an Amy Schumer sketch where it was just like women going to jerk off in the movie theater to like uh, Magic Mike and Yeah. I think it's called Jilling Off. Is that a British thing? No, it's just oh, a thing I like Jack see. and Jill. Ew. I... The other the other phrase I like that's that's been brought up recently is uh it's like, you know, saying like a guy has a hard on for something and then saying a woman has a wide on. Ew. I know that as a lady boner. Oh. 
I've also heard women describe it as someone being goosh-worthy. Uh, yeah, I've heard that, too. That's kind of funny. So it is funny you bring up Sam Taylor Wood. Uh, yeah, I was, like, really disappointed in her. A personality the art world has largely forgotten about. I was really disappointed because I, well, I was like, Sam Taylor Wood's directing Fifty Shades. Like, I've heard of her. I should, like, see. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember those photos. Those were actually pretty interesting. Yada, yada, yada. Cut to Fifty Shades being the worst yeah. movie ever. And I was like, okay, well, I guess her career's over. So, well, she's probably, no, like, she's a direct- gazillionaire. Yeah. Ugh. You know who's also sad. a gazillionaire? Sad. Tom Brady's wife, Giselle. Giselle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doesn't she post for the Sports Illustrated? See, it all comes full circle. Um, and they're all cheaters. That's how they got ahead in life. Tom Brady's a cheater. Oh, I was like, I don't think Giselle Bündchen is like a cheater, per se. No, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't mean like cheaters like the TV show. I mean like, you know, breaking the rules. No, I know. That's uh, what I was saying too. Like uh, what? She's just really there beautiful are certain, and successful. There are cert- she deflated her breasts in order <laughs> for them to be easier to handle <laughs> and score with. <laughs> um, no, but t- uh, bringing up Sam Taylor Wood is a good example. So she is one of the w- YBAs, which stands for Young British Artists. A phenom. <laughs> there we go. I like that. I did the. You guys can't see because this is radio, but I did do the um, motions. Yeah, which is good. The arm motions. Um, the sound of vision. Uh, so she was what in is this the sound se- of one vision clapping. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so she was part of that scene. Um. And it and, was a scene. Yeah. Can I explain it? Yeah. <laughs> Since it was a sensation. So uh, one of the things I the reason why I thought it was so important to talk about is like thinking about it and what I've read about it and things like this. Uh, it really laid the groundwork for which we have now, which is then going back to that thing of you saying like, well, the millennials, as an example, like even really like art. And perhaps the argument you could make that what the art world is now, or at least the like one that gets written about in W and uh, what are Vogue, GQ. I don't think GQ writes about art. No, but they don't. W is a great example. W always has an art issue. Black Book has an art issue. The stuff, the stuff of uh, the work of art reality show and the. Um, popular avant-garde yeah it's so it has this weird niche of being more mass culture than like art art but not being as popular as kardashians but everyone in it being like instead of saying like i want to to be important like goethe they're like i want to be important like kim kardashian and kanye west so it's but they're not as popular art yeah it's cool it's like Doing art so then... It's the urban outfitters of art. It is. It's like this street artist in Chicago, Hebrew Brantley, who uh, sucks. Sorry. <laughs> and has like PR firms that represent him. And then he's like, I'm all about Chicago. And then he knows that he's going to get a lot of attention. And he does. And so he makes a single artwork to give every single player on the Miami Heat. And then presents it to him while he's down at the Miami Art Fairs. And I'm just like... Fuck you. No real Chicago fan would fucking give LeBron James an artwork. You're a sucker. But it's I'm that wondering scene. if this is art critique or if this is 
just your basketball fandom. Yeah, <laughs> it's can't both. tell. I'm it's both. But to dude, dude, if you're gonna represent us your between, city, like, the basketball obfuscation yeah. that you just presented. No, it just I don't know. So there, there's that kind of scene, and I feel like that's it's trendy. It's, it's trendy, trendy and, art. And as an example, looking at the photographs by Sam Claywood, we were like, why did I even like these? It has this yeah. moment at the time where you're like, this has so much gravity and so much importance. And like, this is it. And like, I'm liking this and I am participating in like what young visual culture is about. And then you look at it a little bit later and you're like, woof. Well, except that actually, okay, when we started looking at contemporary photography when I was in college, we it really was like this dichotomy set up where we like the previous year we had studied modernist photography, which was is like easy to understand, really beautiful, and very important for learning about um, learning the craft of darkroom photography. Like right. you want to look at, you know, the masters of printing from modern times. Mm-hmm. But um, then we started looking at all this other crazy shit that's contemporary art Mm -hmm. um and we were like what is even happening these pictures Mm -hmm. look terrible in many instances they're lo-fi on purpose or they're of crazy stuff or they're of nothing they're just like completely deadpan Uh and so we were like searching for some kind of um like tether that (laughs) that we Mm -hmm. could recognize as being like um, conventionally beautiful or well composed and mm-hmm. cra- well crafted photography, and Sam Taylor Wood totally was like mm-hmm. offering that. Um, so, which is not necessarily a good way to learn, in my opinion, because I think mm-hmm. there is a lot of merit to photographs. And I mean, <laughs> we could have found something that be- we could have found Christopher Williams, which mm-hmm. at least would be like oh, better yeah. art, which is very finely crafted, but. Right. It was just sort of like, uh, you know, we were going through like culture shock, basically. And yeah, I remember her being kind of like a, a buoy in the, in the, you know, like, well, see, not all contemporary art has to be horrifying looking. Right. But the young British artists, most yeah. of them, their art is horrifying. horrifying. Yeah. And it's kind of talking about surrealism. It's got some surrealist elements to it. But it's it's not, though, because, it, well, it's supposed to be sort of like the shock of how disgusting and horrifying real life is yeah. or something. Um, yeah. So just, so like the groundwork of the, of the phenomenon or sensation uh, is there were, this is why it has all the puzzle pieces that make art and art education and all of this such gross shit now because they were so successful at it. Uh, it was like the late eighties uh, goldsmiths college in London. Um, the, one you know one of the hot schools to get your master of fine arts or whatever the english call it post secondary school or <laughs> pre post graduate studies um they all got together and did a you know a one off show uh an artist run show or an artist organized show in some empty warehouse in london yeah it was called freeze right and then i when i was like wait they invented freeze <laughs> but like no they invented freeze like ice not like freeze like a freeze <laughs> art fair huh like i thought they invented the freeze art fair and then i was like what (laughs) no it was called freeze but it was with two e's and the freeze art fair was invented by the magazine freeze (laughs) right which Which is is like a freeze of like a carving along the top of a building yeah like The, the freeze on a building yeah or a temple yeah. Um, but that was also, it was in later in the 90s, I think in the 90s, that Freeze Magazine launched. So that was also part of that, you know, you need this criticism or or at least you did. Now you just need 
press releases that are copied and pasted into the body of a blog post. Um, but that whole, like, uh, artists, I mean, artists have always hyped themselves or whatever, but like this in the modern sense, they put together this freeze show. And what's been pointed out is there's nothing remarkable about a bunch of grad students uh, putting, putting together, together a, warehouse sh- a warehouse show. But what they did was who they got to come and that they like stole some list from some like blue chip gallery. And so they invited real big name collectors to this warehouse show. And so the artists weren't just putting it together like Salon de Refuse. They were putting it together like to uh, make money to make money and like PR people and marketing people. So it was like immediately about like we're hot, important grad students. This is our awesome work. And, <laughs> you know, like maybe really all aggressively to follow their example. <laughs> right. Really aggressively promoting themselves. And it's I don't know. So I was Which reading is what about that quote basically is referring to. Yeah. And oh, there's, there's a, dog a in the fucking studio. cute dog looking at me. <laughs> He's like, why are you so upset all the time about art and everything? Just pet me. Um, so that's one of the, I think, attributes the way people are in school now. And, you know, very much like I am the super important young artist and like building websites and you know what I mean? Like I need to have a social media presence. I have to be posting what I'm doing in my studio. And, you know, this like constant like turning you know like that that onion post like uh i'm a brand (laughs) says you know defeated 45 year old guys (laughs) and he's like i really have to market myself as who i am or whatever you know like this like extreme resignation but that's where that pressure comes from um i mean do you think that didn't that kind of like media hype didn't exist prior to that not not at such a young age and not taken by the likes of Damien Hurst and them, mm-hmm. they're not even finished in grad school or they just got out of grad school and they're saying like, you have to be collected at like hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Of dollars. We're, we're starting off like this. Um, and you know, we're, that's part of our, like it's, it's yeah, you have it to comes have, after the Now 80s, you have right? to have an exhibition record before to you, get into grad school. Right. <laughs> um, but also grad school, I'm working on it, which, also, grad schools are more and more taking people that really shouldn't be getting masters. They probably should just have the bachelor's and then give up and start a food truck instead of starting the food truck as their MFA thesis and then <laughs> and then giving up and then opening a restaurant. Um, another thing that's the the mixture of that coming out of that Damien Hurst Gallerist, Jay Jopling, who runs White Cube, and that started around that time. They were friends. Um I don't know if they're still together, but Sam Taylor Wood was Jay Joplin's spouse for a while. Um, hmm. So they're, you know, that's when I googled Sam Taylor yeah. Wood, a different name came up on like Wikipedia. So she is married and changed her name, but I don't remember to what. Um, but you know, I mean, that makes like so that, and that's also how you have a recipe for success. Things like this always you you know you I mean going back into impressionism or other things like that where you're like you have a certain community and there's it's close-knit and you have people that are making the work supporting the work you know in the forms of galleries or supporting it in the form of criticism and writing and all these things so there you know it isn't new totally in that sense yeah but then oh, i always i'm uh, like sam yeah. taylor johnson oh yes. there you go. so wait so she's changed Sam Taylor Johnson. Sam Taylor Johnson is married May to Wood. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, but not Sam Taylor Wood? 
Uh, she got uh, divorced from Jay Joplin in 2008. Okay. Wah, Okay. So. Um, well, um, but no, I just like. But again, you know why we care about this? Because it's the celebrity obsessed culture that we're in where we don't care about artists. We care about who they're married to and what films they're directing. <laughs> But that's actually that is the thing I've noticed for it, you know, that makes me sad is like you used to Google an artist name and it would be just their work. And now there's like pictures of them. it's pictures of them in front of their work looking fashionable and particularly <laughs> uh, female artists. You got to play that game. Yeah. So you can talk about that. That's that's shitty, you know, that like even. Yeah. But you know, I... it's like you look up a female artist's work and she's like young, cool artist. You want to look up the work and then most of them are fashion spreads of her in her yeah. studio wearing expensive like, clothes right. that you would never wear to make that work but then well, why do you think w magazine wanted to feature it anyway yeah well they didn't they used to be like we're gonna have richard tuttle who has no sense of fashion but he is going to drape models in translucent plastic wrap and then we're gonna photograph that but then they're like oh this girl's 28 and <laughs> she's she's got dual citizenship in two countries one in europe one in one of those loser countries we're going to oh, no you know what i mean though yeah. it's like now the artist is the image of it and and, and then in cultivating that image it makes me think like i can't imagine this person actually making work because they're dressed for the red carpet you know right it's the same way when you have like and i there i'm sure there's all kinds of uh forces a result of this but like someone that's in a role where it's very gritty and dramatic and something like that and then they're nominated for a golden globe or an academy and then they like on the red carpet like do everything to show you how hot and not that ugly person that they portrayed in the biopic and it's sort of like that with art too where it's like i am not going to be photographed in my crappy jeans and whatever it's like we're going to put you in the coolest outfit in front of your cool art and it's all going to be you your clothes and the art are all yeah, one image well we um and that's curator and zoe that ryan <laughs> was in glamour magazine for and this feature and um uh like curators what do they wear to work and yeah. of course they brought like six racks of clothes of like versace and stuff yeah and like she does look great all the time but right. not like versace great right well and the other thing about all this that that they point so out the media the, lies to you is what I'm right to well but it, the, that's why it's also telling with the yba is that the main collector of that work is charles sachi um who and his brother have the added agency Sachi and Sachi, um, which created a lot of the like important ad campaigns in Britain of the eighties. And one of their claims to fame is they got Thatcher elected oh. <laughs> because which I'm sure a lot of they artists created, love. They created the ad campaign uh, against the labor party that had a huge line of people waiting in an unemployment line in their their catchphrase for the campaign was labor isn't working. Ooh. So it was about the unemployment and all this stuff like Did that. Did you know that Margaret Thatcher invented a kind of ice cream called Mr. Whippy? Does it take, <laughs> I'm, it doesn't surprise me because it's probably cold. <laughs> um, yes. So there's, so there's that aspect to it. You know, it's like, uh, would you stop playing with things and dropping that? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> now Luigi is on my lap and I oh, can't. Oh, oh he's going to get it for you. Oh, good. <laughs> you, <laughs> you hit your face on the microphone. Oops. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. That's that to me. When you know when we were talking about that and thinking about the setup of 
all that. It, all that jazz. Yeah, and well, yeah, but my question is, it just like, seems like that these, moment these, in like, the nineties where everyone went to school together mm-hmm. and got together and did a show. I mean, that's how the imagists did their thing too, like from the Hyde Park Yeah, but Arts no one's going to argue that. SAIC. But I'm just saying, but no like, one's going to argue that their success is some sort of. Uh, <laughs> Thing that that's a bane on the art world. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like, who's my people? Like, how, oh yeah, how do I know when I found the people and right. that are going to propel me to fame and fortune? I don't know. Not in Chicago, unfortunately. Oh, um, I mean, look, look at how long the images have been working, and they're only sort of not like they're sort of at the Whitney. Maybe uh, yeah. I'm not even sure if it's a real show. Like, but that's but that's still in the old school model of like, and I work mean, work hard, work, to, yeah, to, no, exactly, to make your dues. Yeah, like it wasn't like they're necessarily a product of SEIC the way SEIC turns around and then says, oh, the, all the images went here. You know, like the way Goldsmith used their the meteoric rise of every graduate coming out as part of their campaigning to get more people admitted to the program. Mm-hmm. And that's like a huge well, thing. Well, I in did. Art I mean, I was like, now. I was like, hey, maybe I should go there. <laughs> yeah, no, I was the same way as a young artist. I'm like, well, all that YBA people went to Goldsmith, so I should go there because that man, you're like, you go there and then you're a successful artist. Yeah, except for I don't really like the things that they stand for. So I don't think that I would. The YBAs? Have a very, yeah, I wouldn't have a very fulfilling education there because I'd probably be cranky all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Their art is like scary. <laughs> That's why it's good. That's why you need to be exposed to it. That's why. So I didn't like. I saw Sensation. So that like I don't know. To me, that's like why I was so. Oh, that's excited. what you were talking about last time, and I didn't understand. Yeah, what you were because saying. it was sort of like to me that was like seeing my generation's Armory show. Yeah. Not the art fair, idiots. <laughs> Which I also <laughs> the find the Armory show in nineteen o three. It was actually nineteen thirteen. Yeah. Which. Which is why that also offends me that, like, that's what the Armory show was originally. And then now it's this, like, oh, it's an art fair. And it's like, you're, you deign to presume that the, <laughs> the, the wares that you're hawking are as important as Duchamp's nude descending a staircase. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Sensation is the show. I love I that I loved reading all the press about the Armory Show coming to Chicago because oh, yeah. the School of the Art Institute students protested protested it and they like burned Matisse and effigy. I know, it's like so art school, but also so Midwest because they're like, I mean, I guess at the time Matisse was avant garde, but it just seems like people today would go to the Art Institute Museum and be like, "What is this crap? All those bathers don't even have faces." <laughs> um. So, I mean, that's that's why I was excited. Like, I'd read about this show. Um, and it's actually really funny. So I was subscribing to Art News at the time, like a, a young teenage artist should, before <laughs> going to, to art school and then having the grad students be like, you should be reading Art Forum. Yeah, St- Art News kind of sucks. Yeah, it's like, I Maxim, mean, dude, you need to get the stuff on the top shelf that comes in a plastic bag that's black and you can't, you know what I mean? It's like, you like art porn? that shit softcore you should be reading art forum <laughs> uh, art news had a nice redesign last year though it so uh, looks better than it did they get a a for effort um but they had an interview with this which guy, is really a b minus <laughs> yeah who i don't remember if he was i'm guessing he was the director of the brooklyn museum but in the issue before sensation opened in new york at the brooklyn museum of art 
they were interviewing him about his new plans and then they had this beautiful like solid silver ibis coffin from some ancient culture and he was saying that was like because they were asking him like what his favorite work in the collection was and it's this beautiful bizarre coffin um and then they were like talking about his plans and he's like well you know we're known known for more like uh archaeological stuff and kind of older things Mm -hmm. and and i'm really excited to be bringing this contemporary show and he was so optimistic about sensation coming and he basically was fired for that show and rudy giuliani tried to like take all the money away from like public institutions and shit because of this because his platform was like if it's slightly offensive to catholics i'm going to act like we're being persecuted and burned at the stake but like that's that art is supposed to be offensive exactly um and what was interesting though is the way that show create caused sensations for different reasons at the different venues it had so uh it was it was all work from charles satchi's collection so that was also became it was considered dubious at the time um, although I feel like there's always been museum shows where it's like works on paper from the uh, prestigious Blumenthal yeah, collection or you, something. Okay, yesterday we were saying like um, we were listening to – okay, well, we can start to talk about that. Is that – that was um, – that Damien Hurst, was that in Sensation, the shark? Yeah, the physical impossibility yes. of death in the mind of someone living. Which is a, purportedly my brother's favorite work of art, which is – I think it is. I mean, I also – Giant formaldehyde shark in a vitrine full of formaldehyde. Right. Giant stuffed shark. Um, and it sold for $12 million. And the podcast Planet Money was like talking about the economics of art in relation to that sculpture um and in that episode they were like well art isn't really a good investment because it's dictated by people's taste and then you were like it's not people's taste it's like market taste yeah but i think it is collector's taste because the collectors are sort of not only dictating what the market what the market value is but the it's not it's not curators deciding it. Like curators can only curate the collections from collectors that they donate. No, dude, they all hang out together and they're like, what should I buy? And then it's, it's all about elitism and status. And it's like, when I go to Basel, this curator from the new museum is going to meet with certain high powered collectors to advise them. That becomes like a donor thing that becomes uh, an access thing. And it's like, I mean, they even do that at Expo where it's like, you could pay at a certain level to have, the director, one of the curators, take you, you know, in a group around Expo and sort of explain the art to you or like and the whole time they're thinking like, well, this is a work I want for my collection one day. So I'm going to like get this collector to buy it and then maybe they'll even promise that it'll end up in a museum. And then a dealer goes, oh, well, I'm going to sell it to you at a discounted rate because I know that you're. Buy with another this, thing. I know you're like, going to buy another thing, but I also know that you plan to one day place this record of it being in collections yeah well no and it will boost the provenance of it and right resale value and the prestige of the collection yes the but, dealer but what i'm actually saying is <laughs> they will do that because they know that collector is then promising to place it in the museum of contemporary arts collection or the new museum's collection or whatever right so it's like yeah, they're, but the, they're all organizing and planning to build this artist's career, and so there's in like taste. a dark room, and they're all smoking cigars while they do it, and they just are like, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it is there is a lot of collusion, and you know, and on Illuminati, one hand, it can, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, it can cutters. be. I mean, 
Yeah, on the one hand. <laughs> Can I uh, read uh, just a few sentences of what Roberta Smith wrote in the New York Times in 2010 about the show Skin Fruit? From the Dacus Janow. Yeah. The exhibition drew fire from the get-go for questionable ethics, for betraying the museum's original anti-mainstream ethos, for blatantly unmagical curatorial thinking, but the flaws of the real thing turn out to overshadow those early concerns, which can be reasonably disputed. Questions were raised about Mr. Janow's relationship with the museum, for example, but trustees frequently show their collections at museums on whose boards they serve, even if they don't generally take over the whole building. There was worry that the show would increase the value of Mr. Janow's holdings, enabling him to make a killing in the art market. But given the size of the art world now, the imprimatur of museums, particularly small ones, is not what it once was, even where the volatile contemporary art market is concerned. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of a grain of salt thing, because there's also all these powerless people like us and other bloggers that... uh, one I would cite in particular is Tyler Green, who is like sort of appointed himself <laughs> as like the watchdog for like museum ethics panels and is like he's like it's like it's not about misogyny, it's about ethics and journalism. Right, but it's like you're you're <laughs> that's a reference to Gamergate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about that. You didn't know about that? No, oh, I, that I mean I have joke. a general no, that's a good joke. I have a general <laughs> idea about it Gamergate. But I don't know it enough to know the in jokes. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so there is a little bit of finger wagging that always takes place. So that's why it is. I think the the question with Sensation was that it was sort of like a prefab show, and it was also like this collector's entire collection, and it hadn't. Usually, when you do like works from whatever collection, it's because that person has died, or they've promised all these gifts to a museum, and it's like as is coming up at the art Institute where it's like this group of work has been bequeathed and bequested and bedrothed. Excuse me. I sneezed. Gesundheit. Tongue up. Um, yeah. Well, so, clown torture was in that collection too. That's yeah. not young and British, but my brother also likes to, <laughs> to like that one, which I he think likes is to like it. I mean, he likes to like make fun. Of, I don't know if he actually went to, but he was like, oh, I was at the art. And uh-huh. he, this was like back before I had ever been to the modern wing. I think probably mm-hmm. that was in the inaugural in the it black box. It was the original And he went with his friends. I was away at college. It wasn't college. the inaugural black box that was upstairs. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, he I he went. So I was away at college, and I hadn't been to the Modern Wing yet. But he's like, we went to the new part of the Art Institute, and it was crazy. There was this room with clowns that were screaming. <laughs> yeah, I saw that when um, I, with with my sister once a while back, and we were just like, what the fuck? Well, I was like, why is uh, this clown on the toilet? I was afraid to go see it. We I, we talked about clown torture before, I yeah. think, but I was afraid because I thought it was going to be like torture, but it's not. It's like tor- cl- clown torture. It's like. Goofy. You're being tortured by a clown. Right. Or they're clowning torture. Yeah, no, that's a perfect example of people misconstruing what an, an offensive artwork might be, and then you're really let down. Because you're like, <laughs> I thought they were going to be a visgrade, and it was like going to be disgusting and whatever, and it's just funny and annoying. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the ethics was called into question of the, the of sensation. The yeah, well, but anyway, but I think that the, the idea that it can be, that it's something that, people who are not art people can have a reaction to whether or not that's an informed reaction you know my my brother doesn't know a lot about other contemporary works of art but he knows about 
that Damien Hurst and that Bruce right. Nauman because they're like crazy. Right. Um, and I mean, I would argue the the work in Sensation, particularly that shark. I mean, I think that shark is a super important history changing artwork. Like it is kind of a touch tone or whatever. Like, you know, like if you're only picking five things to put on a spaceship to explain <laughs> art, you'd have Duchamp's urinal, the shark, uh, Weenus of Willendorf, and uh, I don't know, something else. Two other things. <laughs> But like the Mona Lisa definitely will not be on there. So oh sorry. yeah, Mona, yeah. No, Mona Lisa is not that important of a painting. It's not that great. Right. Uh, let's argue about that another time. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty good painting, but it's not like one of the top five things to put on a spaceship. So it is, but the which to me the the sensation. Oh, Demoiselle Davignon, that would go yeah. on the spaceship for sure. Um, that that never really bothered me as much. It certainly didn't, I didn't think I didn't like care at the time. Um, yeah. And like the, but it has kind of ushered in this thing where now people are like, Oh, this guy, this collector is doing this and it's whatever. Um, but at different locations, it had different controversies because of the work in it. Controversies. Um, Oh, like, like Duchamp's urinal. Yes. <laughs> the British um, guy kept calling it a urinal. So the, the one in England that that caused a big problem was the portrait of Myra Hindley, uh, whose song we were listening to about at the beginning, and it's the portrait of the woman. It was in all the press photos. Um, she and Ian Brady. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just singing the song. <laughs> um, they committed what was called the Moore's murders uh, over the course of a couple years because two of the bodies were found uh, in the Moors. Uh, in and around Manchester, and they were children killers and also rapist assaultists. It's horrible. Um, so he made a painting, a portrait of her, and it's in the Chuck Close style of uh, you know swatches of color, kind of pixelated. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But they were made with children's handprints. Oh, so so uh, that's kind of good. Oh no, totally. So, but the British tabloids were like, "This is so offensive," and you know. British tabloids are the best in they the world. Love they cranking. love controversies. And um, so that was the big issue there. And then when it came to the U.S., the big issue was Chris Ophelia's painting of the Virgin Mary with elephant dung, which, again, I was you're totally let down when you see it. I think it's a nice painting. Yeah. But they're like, it has elephant dung smeared on it. And you're like, and then you see it and you're like, no, it elephant dung is full of hay. And it's like <laughs> a brown ski ball and then he lacquers the whole thing and then like glues it to the front so it's just a like mixed media element yeah so it wasn't i mean it's like with uh art i've seen that has blood or semen in it or anything like yeah. that it just looks like it's gross paint. Well, no but it just like it doesn't or piss christ yeah that was the one that i was so let down when i saw yeah i mean it's kind of a nice picture well, because but people at my not... church describe this artist's practice as this is someone who dips crucifixes in buckets of urine. And I just imagine this guy like <laughs> doing that physically, like in a performative way. And then or, like hanging, dripping crucifixes. Yeah, or I, like... I still want to do this as a show someday in my life. Like I imagine this sort of like actually at the time, like sort of set up like an art fair where it's like in a tent and there's just these like white partitions and around every corner is like a galvanized steel bucket with urine and then there's a wooden cross in it and then the, the urine is sort of 
percolated up the wood. I just feel like you could make an entire practice out of things that you thought like or yeah. misheard, which is like how documentia happened. Yeah, exactly. So I do want to do the the Piss Christ show someday. Because I'm that, like, people just won't like, be offended by that an, at all. Well, yeah, but I would, whatever. I'm an artist. <laughs> fuck you. Um, but then you see it and you're like, well, it's actually kind of a beautiful photo. And you can't yeah, even it's tell nice it's urine. And then he has ones that are like underwater. Um, and so this one, it was like, no, he didn't smear shit. It's not like he made a painting of the Virgin Mary and then smeared shit all over it. <laughs> but that's how people describe it. Right. Because that's, you know, it's it's. It's muckraking. It's the way like it's elephant tongue raking. Yeah. Or it's, you know, it's the way Republicans that that don't like Planned Parenthood are like, well, they they uh, chew up babies and sell the parts so people can eat them or something. You know, it's like that's <laughs> so fucked up and you're completely misunderstanding it. Right. Um, well, I guess learning about when I mean, you're like, I can't we believe you don't get anywhere. Yes, we did. The, OK, we're. we're Coming to a close here, but I I wanted to like you were like I can't believe you don't know about this. This is, that movement is like the most important, and like so I did some research on it, and it's like and, I uh, do. Actually, according to my research, it's not that important. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do know about it. Right. I did know a lot. I did know yeah. about a lot of the artists, and I yeah. did know about a lot of the particular works, but I right. didn't know that it was part of a movement. One well, that it, you know is like has a name and my, I was right. telling my friend about it yesterday and she was like are you doing that young British people thing <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's like is young British artists like the name I was like yeah it's like capital young YBA like it's a yeah. name it's not just like a way to describe you know it's like a, a consortium yeah, a or something and yeah I did not know about that but well, I and it's interesting I, to see because like we, I'm not completely ignorant about it yeah and, well and they sort of been lumped together too right like now we think of oh the impressionists and they all got together and they called themselves the impressionists and then they released a message saying that and they're like well actually no this is right it evolved more organically so seeing that happen now it's like well no they some of them were friends a lot of them were friends and then they got pulled in or maybe they're not even related but oh well you're working in London too and your shit's weird you're part of it, you know, sort of like but, people exp like, well, what's grunge music? You know, did they all go to a coffee shop in Seattle? I'm like, all right, we're going to start a music movement. It's going to be called grunge. Mm -hmm. But well, sometimes that is true because the Dottas went to a cafe in yeah. Zurich and they're like, we're going to start a movement pick, called Dada. Pick a name. <laughs> so. But I it just. Uh, OK, it just makes me feel really young because oh. like. The 90s was not that long ago no. to most people. It makes me but feel that old, was though, because my I look entire at... life ago. I, you know, I was born in 1990, so none of that existed before me. And I just remember in high school, we went to the Met um, and the in the rooftop sculpture garden uh -huh. where all these Jeff Koons. And it was like the first Jeff. Well, the first Jeff Koons I ever saw was Bubbles. Um the chimpanzee. The chimpanzee with Michael Jackson. But, like, I didn't know who Jeff Koons was. Right. But the balloon animals were on the yeah. rooftop of the Met. And I was like, hey, this guy's pretty interesting. Who's this young yeah. up-and-comer? <laughs> and it, that's so stupid because, like, obviously if he's on the rooftop of the Met, he's not, like, yeah. this new guy who just, like, right. arrived. But they always present it that way, too. They're like, well, he's a new young artist, and we thought we'd give him a chance. And you're like, no, fuck you. Right. So <laughs> um, it just makes me feel like... Young, like I yeah. have so much well, to it learn be, about. It, it feels weird too because I'm like, oh, I remembered when this was new, and now it seems so old. And then you were also saying like, not all those artists stuck around. So like at the you know, 
like oh yeah. they're 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 all this way you know and then some of them are child stars they're never heard from again you know right and or they go like, and direct a terrible movie yeah so it's like well damien hurst stuck around because he you know refused to go away but then there's other ones where you're like wow they were all thought of as, as the same level you know and so as that's kind of yeah hurst. yeah and i mean i think that's the big problem with something contemporary too because it's not contemporary anymore mm-hmm. that's when i was at tate modern there was a show of damien hurst's diamond skulls but you had to pay extra to see it so i didn't go (laughs) boom (laughs) on that note um thanks for listening if you know something about young british artists or if you really loved the movie 50 shades of gray and want to defend it you can email us at i don't hate this at gmail.com you can tweet at us at i don't hate this and like us on follow us on instagram at i don't hate this um our Tumblr is I don't hate this pod.tumblr.com. Um, and don't forget to like and favorite and, and rate. rate and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts or SoundCloud or anything. All the things. Just Google I don't hate this because it's <laughs> the internet <laughs> and it's everywhere. Thank you.